in this episode, we have three main topics to discuss. So first off, we're going to talk about the strength of the US dollar. Next, we're going to talk about the flare networks. And lastly, what will a world of CBDCs look like? But before we begin on any of these topics, I need to ask a favor of each and every one of you that's listening. So in the description of this episode, you'll see an emoji of a globe. And right next to it, there's a link that says my bio. Click it, go on my Medium article, and hit the clap button on Medium 50 times. This really helps me keep my content going. I mean, no one else in the cryptocurrency community is pushing out as much content as I am. I mean, I'm on Spotify, I'm on Apple Podcasts, Medium, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, and many, many more. And I also have uh, a consulting service that you could take advantage of. So I really try to provide value to each and every one of you. So if you could please be so kind and go support each and every one of my channels, I would greatly appreciate it. I'm not a financial advisor and this is not financial advice. I am the XRP bully. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's have a conversation. Okay. Today, I'm going to be a little bit more laid back. All right. So let's look at this US dollar index. Okay. Because this is very, very important. Um, if you're listening on Spotify, I'll just describe it to you. But if you are on YouTube watching this, you could see the US dollar index right in front of you. So what is the US dollar index? In a nutshell, the US dollar index um, tells us the strength of the US dollar relative to other world currencies. That's um, what the US dollar index shows us in a nutshell. Now, as you could see, the US dollar index is at $93.04. But in order to understand the strength of the US dollar, we have to look at history. So what I'm going to do is that I'm going to uh, click on all to see all of the history. Now look at this. We are now in 2020, right? And the US dollar index is valued at $93.04. Now, when was its lowest point? Well, its lowest point was in 2008, um, where it was hovering around $72, $73. But what happened in 2008? Well, of course, the Great Recession. So that was the weakest point uh, of the uh, US dollar. That's where uh, the US dollar was really not worth a lot. But the thing is, I could make the argument today that the US dollar is actually weaker, in a weaker position than we were in 2008. And the reason why is because of our Federal Reserve. They keep on printing and printing and printing. Like, it's like they don't care. And all of this talk of printing and all this talk of stimulus does not help the economy, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to point you to the US debt clock. So right now, our US debt is at $27 trillion and there is no slowing down. What would it take for us to erase this debt? Well, let's just get that idea out of our heads. There's no erasing this debt. Um, there's just none. Unless um, the United States decides to forgive all debts in the United States, but there would be massive implications of that as well. But we're $27 trillion in debt. This is pretty, pretty bad, pretty bad. And it shows us that we are in such a difficult position. The US dollar is so fragile and it can only be propped up by more printing. Like it sounds crazy, but printing money weakens the US dollar but what it also does is that it props up this economy and keeps the economy going. So it's, it's a sick and twisted system, but 
it, it, it's working for us right now until it doesn't, you know, and when it doesn't, that's when you have major crashes, you have um, price increases and, and, and all of that and chaos, you know, and this is something that we don't want. And I think Peter Schiff uh, summarizes the position that we are in as a United States economy is concerned. So Peter Schiff um, tweeted something on Twitter, and I'm going to read it to you. So it reads, the misguided goal of a stimulus is to get consumers to spend more, but excess past consumption is why the economy is so weak now. So he's basically saying that the reason why we're in this position is because years prior, all we have done is consume, consume, consume. And how do we consume? Well, we print more money, okay? We are consumers. We are the number one consumers in the world. So how can we con keep on consuming if we don't have the money to consume? Well, we take loans and, and get ourselves in debt and all of that. And all of this is not good for us. More spending only weakens the economy further, ladies and gentlemen. So this is the state of the economy that we are in right now. I'm going to also point your attention to a tweet that Gold Telegraph made on Twitter. So it reads, the market is signifying something. The dollar is tanking against every single currency. So yes, today the dollar has been tanking against every single currency, even against the Japanese yen, which is very interesting. And it should be very concerning to everyone. Uh, the reason why is because it shows how fragile the US dollar is. It shows how weak the US dollar is. And the only way to quote unquote fix this problem is is to print more money but as you all know this is not really a fix printing more money is not a fix it is only a temporary fix until it doesn't work anymore um, and then once it doesn't work anymore well guess what we all spin into chaos um, so the the state of the economy and, and I cannot stress this enough is so fragile and this is why you have to get into alternate alternative excuse me form of investments like cryptocurrency investing like gold investing like silver investing obviously you're not going to put money into anything that you can't afford to lose nothing is safe nothing is 100% safe but I could tell you right now that gold and silver and precious metals, are a safer bet than the US dollar right now. I mean, that that's just a fact of the matter because gold and silver hold their value, okay? I bought silver bullions um, before March, actually, in February. Um, and I bought them because I watched a Robert Kiyosaki video. And guess what? They've increased in price. They haven't lost any value. You know, so I've actually made money off of my silver holdings, you know? So this is the world that we're living in. Please protect yourself. Now, next, let's talk about the Flare Networks, ladies and gentlemen. So Flare Networks posted a tweet today. Um, well, no, it was yesterday. They posted this tweet, October 8th. And it reads, closing the circle, trustlessly issuing, using and redeeming assets on the XRP ledger using Flare. So a lot of people don't know what role Flare is going to play um, in this digital asset space, especially when it comes to its relationship with XRP. But I'm going to read a little bit of this article that they posted. So I'm going to read the objective. The title of this, before we begin, is Closing the Circle on XRP Flare Interoperability, a proposal on how to issue and redeem assets from Flare on the XRP ledger in a trustless manner. So I'm going to read the objective. It reads, 
Currently, very few assets on the XRP ledger can be said to be trustless. Almost all issued currencies, or ICs, often referred to as IOUs, are dependent on the issuer to settle that IOU with the claimant in real world. This means the user of that currency has to trust that the issuer won't default. It further means that a currency representation, say the dollar, issued by a party A, is not perfectly exchangeable for another dollar issued by a party B. This lack of fungibility is due to divergence between the risk profiles, charges, and other metrics of different users. This brief summary aims to put forward a high-level concept for using Flare to trustlessly issue highly fungible assets on the XRP ledger. In doing so, the Flare network would not just be providing additional utility for the asset XRP, but would also be providing utility directly to the XRP ledger. So ladies and gentlemen, they summarize a problem that we're having, right? So currently, the way that people issue currencies is through IOUs, meaning IOU something. Um, but as Flare Network states right here, uh, this is not trustless. Going trustless is the way to go. And the reason why is because you don't have to trust that the issuer won't default. Um, that sort of trust is already built into the Flare networks. It's already built into the system. Um, so let's see how this system works. I'm going to read uh, the issuance process. So let's read this right here. It states, let's say Alice holds 100 USF. So USF means US Flare on Flare. So it's not a US dollar, but it's supposed to be representative of a US dollar, right? So let's say Alice holds 100 USF on Flare. Alice will complete the following steps to trustlessly issue USFX on the XRP ledger. Okay, so in a nutshell, before we go any further, in, the, in a nutshell, what does this mean? This means that let's say I hold a currency on Flare. If I want to issue that same currency on the XRP ledger and take advantage of the speed of the XRP ledger, then I can do this using Flare networks. This is what Flare does. It connects the XRP ledger to the Flare networks. Okay. So what are the steps? Step one, Alice sets up two XRP ledger accounts, allowing her to issue US Flare on the XRP ledger as USFX, right? So first Alice, Alice has XRP, excuse me. First Alice has US Flare, right? On the X, on the Flare networks. She can issue US Flare on the XRP ledger and that is converted to USFX, but its value is the same, right? The only difference between US Flare and USFX is the fact that USFX is now on the XRP ledger, right? So there's no difference between the two, right? It's still $100, um, um, US Flare. Um, these two accounts are an issuing account and a re receiving account, right? So I have an issuing account on the Flare network, and I have a receiving account on the XRP ledger. Next step, Alice locks her 100 US Flare in a smart contract on Flare. In the process of doing so, Alice also submits the issuing address on the XRP ledger to the smart contract. So what does this step tell us? So what is a smart contract? So in a nutshell, 
a smart contract is just an application or an app on the flare network right so that's really all it is um so 100 us flare is able to be locked in a smart contract on flare and that same address is uh sent uh to the xrp ledger for the xrp ledger to recognize it so now the 100 us dollars is locked in the flare network right next step Alice issues US Flare X on the XRP ledger using the process set out below. And then they give us an entire process. But in, in theory, this is how all of this is supposed to work, right? So if I want to use the Flare network, I have $100 on the Flare network, and I want to issue that $100 on the XRP ledger so that I can take advantage of the XRP ledger and its speed and everything like that then what I could do is that I can lock my money on Flare in a smart contract with the XRP ledger. And I could take advantage of the XRP ledger and its speed through uh, through that issuance, through that connection um, between Flare Network and XRP. So this is very, very, very remarkable technology, ladies and gentlemen. And it gives people a wide array of opportunity, uh, especially when it comes to converting um, um, certain assets that may be illiquid and issuing them on the XRP ledger. So it's very, very interesting, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I'm going to go over this article tweeted by Gregory Manorino. This is a CNBC article. So it reads, central banks are weighing their own digital currencies. This is what they could look like. So the talk of the year has been CBDCs, CBDCs, CBDCs. Well, what will they actually look like? Well, according to the Bank of International Settlements, they've released a report. And I'm going to just read a few paragraphs from this CNBC article. So let me start right here. Okay, now they've which means the central banks, uh, come up with a rough framework for how such a system could work. So a group of central banks, some of the most important central banks in the world, um, Bank of England, European Central Bank, blah, 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 um, they've gotten together and they've issued guidelines surrounding CBDCs. So what are their guidelines or what are their recommendations? So let's read. Among the recommendations the central banks made were the CBDCs complement but not replace cash and other forms of legal tender and that they support rather than harm monetary and financial stability. So essentially, they are looking at this as digital currencies complementing cash, complementing fiat currency, ladies and gentlemen. So not necessarily a replacement. Now, this is kind of contradictory to what has been happening worldwide, because what has been happening worldwide are banking branch closures, ATM closures, um, cash being taken out of circulation, um, there's a coin shortage, like all of these things are happening that no one's talking about. But what these group of central banks are saying is that digital currencies are supposed to be a complement to, to what? To what? Because most of the cash has been taken out of circulation already. So what is it complementing? <laughs> I mean, it looks like it's just going to replace cash. You know, it looks like we're not getting cash back ever again. You know, that's what it looks like. But that's just my opinion. Um, but 
it's very interesting to see that central banks are getting together and there are they are they are brainstorming together uh, to seeing what is the best way forward now what does this mean for xrp xrp ladies and gentlemen will be the bridge asset um, for all of these central bank digital currencies because guess what these central banks these current these countries uh, rather they don't trust each other they don't trust each other at all so you have to have a neutral bridge currency um, in order to transfer money from one country to another um, they don't trust each other at all so that's why you need xrp and ladies and gentlemen xrp will go down as a great neutral digital asset um, that every country could take advantage of um, that will be the bridge asset of choice ladies and gentlemen i cannot deny that now on the other side we have to understand that price appreciation is the icing on the cake price appreciation is the icing on the cake ladies and gentlemen there's so much that needs to be done before we experience price appreciation ladies and gentlemen and i will talk about that in the next in, in another video but um there's a lot to be done but i'm excited to see the developments i'm excited to see everything let's not get too caught up in deadlines and everything like that let's enjoy the ride let's be happy today because i'm happy with xrp right now let me know if you are down in the comments Thank you all for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with more news on everything in the XRP and cryptocurrency community. Until next time, thanks for tuning in. I'm the XRP Bully signing out.